Queens, welcome to She Speaks Love Women of the Bible series. We're so excited to share these incredible women of the Bible and highlight their personal story and their legacy. These podcasts will encourage, inspire, and share wisdom from God's Word as it relates to women in our unique circumstances. Let's get into their phenomenal story and the power of their voice. Today's woman of the Bible is the Queen of Sheba, presented by Queen Dr. Jan. Okay, well, greetings, queens. Um, I want to just start. This is a prayer. I pray every morning when I wake up. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for waking me up this morning. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. Thank you for mental and physical capabilities. And so I just feel like we have to be thankful because we have so many people that are infirm, so many people are going through health challenges, just the point of just recognizing everything is not guaranteed. So that, that's, that's my prayer. My wish is that everybody has better health. So today I'm going to talk about the Queen of Sheba. And Queen of Sheba, she has about 10, uh, about 11 passages in the Bible. You'll find her in 1 Kings uh, 10, 1 through 10 and 13. Or you can read, say, 1 to 13. And then she, they come back and they talk about her again in 2 Chronicles 9, 1 through 12. So today I wanna to start by reading the Bible account of the Queen of Sheba. So the, I'm reading from the Message Bible and I was just sharing with Sheila today, what I like about the Message Bible is you can, all the weeds are gone. It's just clear sailing, it's plain English. So ladies, if you want it a little more biblical, we don't have that tonight. It's coming straight and honest straight to you. So I'm going to tell you what the Message Bible says about the Queen of Sheba. So the, um, the Queen of Sheba heard about Solomon and his connection with the name of God. She came to put his reputation to the test by asking tough questions. She made a grand and showy entrance into Jerusalem camels packed with spices, a huge amount of gold and precious gems. She came to Solomon and talked about all the things that she cared about. She was emptying, emptying her heart to him. Solomon answered everything she put to him. Nothing stumped him. When the Queen of Sheba experienced for herself Solomon's wisdom, and saw with her own eyes the palace he had built, the meals that were served, the impressive array of court officials and sharply dressed waiters, the lavish crystal, and the elaborate worship extravagant with whole burnt offerings at the steps leading up to the temple of God. It took her breath away. 
She said to the king, all is true. Your reputation for accomplishment and wisdom that reached all the way to my country is confirmed. I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen it for myself. They didn't exaggerate. Such wisdom and, and elegance far more than I could ever imagine, have ever imagined. Lucky the men and women who work for you, getting to be around you every day and hear your wise words firsthand. And blessed be God, your God, who took such a liking to you and made you king. Clearly, God's love for Israel is behind this, making you king to keep a just order and nurture a God-pleasing people. Then she gave the king four and a half tons of gold and also sack after sack of spices and expensive gems. There's not been a carnival of spices like that since the shipload the queen of Sheba brought to King Solomon. In verse 13, it says, King Solomon for his part gave the queen of Sheba all her heart's desire, everything she asked for on top of what he had already so generously given her. Satisfied, she returned home with her train of servants. And if you read in First Chronicles, uh, Second Chronicles, you'll hear the same story, uh, just a little bit of twists and turns on it. But I was very curious about this woman of the Bible. And so I did some research. I wanted to find out who she was. Now, I'm a research consultant, so I need to confirm if the source of information has some validity. So it's not like reading a post on Facebook. So I'm going to share some additional information that I found out about the Queen of Sheba. So I started with looking a Google search, and the first thing that popped up was antiquities. And now, Antiquities of the Jews is a 20-volume historical work that was originally written in Greek by historian Flavius Josephus in the 11th century. So often people wonder, is the Bible true? Are these stories real? So if you look at it from history, you can find the evidence. And so what we want for faith is the evidence of things unseen. Evidence can be found in the writings of historical records. So this was released as an ebook in 2009, and then it was updated in 2017 with an English translation. It is free for anyone to download. But here's what I'm going to do for you today. I'm going to read segments of the translation, the English translation, because it was a Greek, of this historical account. And it's written from the perspective of a Jewish man. So there was then a woman queen of Egypt and Ethiopia. She was inquisitive into philosophy. When this queen heard of the virtue and the prudence of Solomon, she had a great mind to see him and reports that went every day abroad induced her to come to him. She was desirous to be satisfied by her own experience and not by bare hearing. So she resolved to come to him and that in specially ordered to have a trial of his wisdom. While she proposed questions of a very great difficulty and entreated that he would solve their hidden meaning. Accordingly, she came to Jerusalem with great splendor and rich furniture. 
for she brought with her camels laden with gold, with several sorts of sweet spices and with precious stones. Now upon the king's kind reception of her, he both showed a great desire to please her and easily comprehending in his mind the meaning of the curious questions she propounded to him. He resolved them sooner than anybody would have expected. So she was amazed at the wisdom of Solomon and discovered that it was more excellent upon trial that he had heard by report, that she had heard by report beforehand. It was beyond measure. She was astonished at the house which was called the forest of Lebanon, as also at the magnificence of his daily table and the circumstances of his preparation and ministration with the apparel of his servants that waited and the skillful and decent management of their attendance. Nor was she less affected with those daily sacrifices which were offered to God and the careful management which the priests and Levites used about them. When she saw this done every day, she was in the greatest admiration imaginable, insomuch that she was not able to contain the surprise she was in, but openly confessed how wonderfully she was affected. She tells Solomon accordingly, I esteem the feeble people as well as my servants and friends to be happy, who enjoy thy presence and hear thy wisdom every day continually. One would therefore bless God who have so loved this country and those that inhabit therein as to make thee king over them. So when this queen of Ethiopia had obtained what we have already given an account of and had again communicated to the king what she brought with her, she returned to her own kingdom. Now that was the Jewish historical records of the Queen of Sheba. So I was wondering, okay, so what else is out there about the Queen of Sheba? So I looked at the Encyclopedia Britannica. Well, we know that's been around for 250 years. Everybody had encyclopedias in their home at one point in time. They're now in Britannica.com. But what I found there was some of the folklore concerning the Queen of Sheba. So she was called Bilquis in Arabic, Makeda in Ethiopia. And according to the historians, the story provides evidence for the existence of important commercial relations between ancient Israel and Southern Arabia. Now, the story of Bilquis as the Queen of Sheba has, has been embellished by Muslim commentators. So ladies, get ready for this. It's known in Islamic tradition and appears in the Quran. The Arabs have also given Bilquis a Southern Arabian genealogy and she's the subject of widespread cycle of legends. According to one legend or folklore, Solomon having heard from a Hupi, one of his birds, that Bilquis and her kingdom worshiped the sun sent a letter asking her to worship God. She replied by sending gifts. But when Solomon proved unreceptive to them, she came to his court herself. The king's jinn, meanwhile, this is his like advisor, fearing that the king might be tempted into marrying Biliquis, whispered to him that she had hairy legs and hooves of an ass or a donkey. According to this legend, Solomon, being curious about such a peculiar phenomenon, had a glass floor built before his throne so that Bilquis tricked into thinking it was water 
raised her skirts to cross it and revealed that her legs were truly hairy. Solomon then ordered the jinn to create a depilatory for the queen, shave her legs. And tradition does not agree to as to whether Solomon himself married Bilchus. She did, however, become a believer. Okay, now that was the folklore in the Islamic records. Now it still proves that the queen existed, but you know how that is. They wanted to spin it that way. So there's another story that comes out of Ethiopia. And it's the story of Makeda. The queen of Sheba appears as a prominent figure in the Kibra Nagas. And that's a 700 year old Ethiopian historical publication. The English translation is glory of God, glory of kings. And it documents the Ethiopian national epic and story. And according to this tradition, the queen of Sheba called Makeda visited Solomon's court after hearing about his wisdom. She stayed and learned from him for six months. On the last night of her visit, he tricked her into his bed and she became pregnant. She returned to her kingdom where she bore Solomon a son, Moyenlik. Moyenlik was made king by his father Solomon, thus founding the royal Salamic dynasty of Ethiopia, which ruled Ethiopia until the year 1974 and is responsible for the conversion of Ethiopians from worshiping the sun, moon, and stars to worshiping the God of Israel. So I found several other non-biblical sources about the Queen of Sheba, but I'm gonna only share one last one. This one is from the Society of Biblical Literature that was founded in 1880. It's an academic group of people. And what they wanted to know was where was Sheba? The genealogies of the nations place Sheba in the general area of Egypt and Ethiopia. That was probably all the biblical writers knew about the location of Sheba and for them, it was the edge of the world. One purpose of the story in Kings, first Kings and second Chronicles was to show that Solomon's wisdom was famous even in the most distant lands. Now these are academics talking. Scholars have tried to connect the gifts of Queen of Sheba brought from the possible location of Sheba. She brought spices, gold, and precious stones, all products of extreme wealth. Spices, in particular, um, frankincense and myrrh came from the area of modern-day Ethiopia, Eritrea, and Somalia on the African coast of the Red Sea. Ancient gold mines have been found in the same area. However, the area of modern-day Yemen on the Arabian coast, coast of the Red Sea was also the source of spices and lay on a major trade route. This area of Arabia was known as the kingdom of Saba or Sheba as it converted. And the debate about the location of Sheba remains unresolved, although there have been some recent efforts to claim that the kingdom of Saba straddled the Red Sea with power in both Arabia and Africa. And that was just written in 2020. So I've given you the Bible record, the Jewish historical record, the Arabian folklore, the Ethiopian history, and the academics interpretation of where she came from. In most historical accounts, she's described as having dark skin. 
So here's the rendition of the Queen of Sheba. This one says that Sheba appears in religious texts sacred to Jews, Christians, and Muslims. And Cynthia, she's described as the queen of the East. Modern scholars believe she came from the kingdom of Aksum in Ethiopia, the kingdom of Saba in Yemen, or both. And the main clue is that she brought bales of incense with her as a gift, frankincense, which only grows in those two areas. And so both countries claim her as theirs. 25 kilometers of water. So both could be right. Here's a rendition of the Queen of Sheba in 17th century painting. It's in the National Ethiopian Museum. This is one characters, uh, this was a, in Atlanta Black Star, uh, 2015. Characters in the Bible you might have known were Black. This is their rendition of Queen of Sheba. And scientists found that clues to the origins of the Queen of Sheba legend are written the DNA of some Africans, and this is really recent. They're saying that they have found evidence that the queen of Sheba was, um, had African background. And this final one is uh, King Solomon and the queen of Sheba is a rendition from the history of the cross because the queen of Sheba, by most accounts, historical is that she had African heritage. She was a black woman. So why is she important to biblical scholars, academics, and believers? She was popular. Outside of the Bible, her story appears in Jewish, Arabic, Persian, Coptic, Yoruba, Ethiopian, and the history records of countries in that region. She appears in all the academic, biblical, and historical records. And by all accounts, biblical, historical, she took the concept of belief in one God back to Ethiopia and changed the belief of an entire country. And today, we would call her an influencer. In fact, she would most likely have an Instagram or a TikTok page with millions of followers if she was here today. She's a legend. A legend is a story handed down by tradition from earlier times and properly accepted as historical. In my search, I found the Arabic story and the folklore about her hairy legs. They described her as having donkey legs. And the story of Solomon's mirrored floor could be true or just a fable, or this story could be to diminish her biblical significance. Today, we might call that specific story a soap opera. She was relentless. Her visit with Solomon was to question him and to get a better understanding of the stories she heard about him and his God. She started by sending him letters, asking him questions. However, when he refused to answer, she decided to see him herself because she wanted to know what mattered. Today, we might call her an activist. She was curious. And she demanded answers. She challenged Solomon with her questions and riddles. Imagine her writing out the questions and the riddles that she would put before her. Imagine her sitting and saying, I'm asking this, I'm asking this, I'm asking this, and I'm going to see if he can answer this riddle. This one, this one, this one. 
she was determined to find out all that Solomon knew about God. You know, with her questions and riddles, she could have been a game show host or a researcher like me. And she was a queen. She was not a servant. She was not less than. She didn't come down, come in, bowing down to Solomon. She was not someone that could be told, go away. She came correct. She came with a caravan of spices, gold, and precious gems to show Solomon that she was his equal in status, riches, and power. And today, we would call her a sovereign or monarch, and some might even want to call her Oprah. But <laughs> so, ladies, I hope I've shared something about the Queen of, Sol of, Queen of Sheba. It's not a 100% biblical account, but it's an account that comes with history and proof of a story found in our Bible. Proof of faith, not always being the substance of something not seen. This is faith that was seen. And she's an important woman in the Bible. She launched a dynasty from ancient biblical times to the year 1974. She had power. Thank you very much, ladies, for listening. Queens, thank you so much for spending time listening to She Speaks Love podcast and being part of this amazing Sister Keeper community. Our heart is to bring you content that is educational, inspirational, relatable, and it encourages you to share the power of your voice. So you don't miss any of the conversations, we invite you to subscribe to She Speaks Love wherever you listen to podcasts. Please like, comment, and share. Follow us on our blog at shespeakslove.com. Links are in the show notes.